All right, so let's talk a little bit about the markets here. Welcome to Bull Bear Radio. Market pricing's nuts. Each week, we catch up with WBI's experts, Matt and Don Schreiber. Down 77%. You know what you need to recover from that? A miracle. WBI brings you wealth-building market insights. Matt Schreiber, and this is Bull Bear Radio. Hey, you got the dividend doctor in the house or what? Oh, man, the dividend doctor is here. Yo, so the markets, they're up, they're down, they're all around. I mean, last week, markets up uh, S&P 500 a little bit more than 1%. Monday, the market's down. Tuesday, the market's kind of up. You know, like, it's up, down, all around, man. It's like crazy town. Man, that's the way the markets are. Silly, man. Tell you what. I know, for a fact, silly I know for a fact that the markets are going to be up and then they're going to be down. Really? Yep. That's what they do. They go up and down. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, I got good news. I mean, the markets are up this year. That's kind of good, right? Yeah, man. PE the ratios are, are kind of reasonable. US- the, the, the trailing's not uh, so awesome. 24.4. A year ago, it was 24.1. But, you know, the forward 17.87. Was nineteen Man. last year at this time? Yeah, well, good, bad. What do you think, Don? Valuations are a little better than they were on a forward basis because earnings are rocking. I can't find much wrong with earnings, man. People are trying to uh, say you know peak earnings or earnings are going to disappoint. What, whatever, man. These are great earnings results. If the economy keeps growing, we're going to be in pretty good shape. Yeah, yeah, well, and, and the market could go up from here. I mean, we got tax cuts, got all gosh. kinds of good stuff that have been going on. I, it's good stuff. I got Man, get the transcript for that out. I mean, that's going to be great. Speechpad's going to get that perfect. Speech. Uh, if you ever, uh, if you don't know about it, Speechpad, transcript, man. It'll it'll do your whole uh, podcast for you and put it in a, you know, written word. So, stuffs. Got lots of, oh, lots of stuffs, man. That, that was so, so good. So speaking of stuffs, I mean, the market's up. You got the Dow up for the year, about 5.8% through the end of last week. NASDAQ smoking it, man, up 16. Bang. S&P's up 8.7. Russell hey, 2000's up 12.1. Wow. Wow. But you know what's, you know what's a little shocking? New York Stock Exchange composite. Everything that's listed, you know? With ADRs up 1.9%. Man, I'll tell you what. I don't know what's going on with all this stuff, but, you know, uh, sentiments kind of rocking the wrong way. You had all of these people visiting, you know, 10 years from the crisis. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah. I mean. What have we we learned? Talk about sentiment. My text messages from you this weekend were depressing with the the stories coming in that were negative, man. Holy cow. Man, I'm just pointing out what's going on. That's all. Yeah. You know, some of this. Some of this stuff is is nasty. Well, there's some early warning signs there. You know, existing home sales. Slumping, dude. Slumping. Absolutely. Not good. You know, uh, mortgage apps, kind of, kind of looking soft, you know, mortgage apps are soft 30 year, you know, fixed mortgage rates, uh, climbing, 
You know, treasury yields are up. I don't think anything's Man, getting we're getting, better from a housing perspective. Yeah, we're getting close to that uh, 5% uh, mortgage rate, dude. Pretty close. I mean, last time we were in this, you know, 5% land was, uh, you know, you look back to 03, May of 03. Uh, you were at 5 and you went to 6.38 by June of uh, 2006. It was a 27% increase in rates. And uh, right now, you know, uh, September of 16, uh, we were at 3.34 and now we're at uh, 4.58. It's 37% increase in rates, man. Huge. That hey man, that's why housing is falling off, dude. Slowing you things know, down, it, man. You bet. Rising interest rates. The Fed's going to raise rates again here. I'm not so sure that that's a good thing. Treasury yields you know, probably sir, rise. You know, yeah, mortgages mortgages will hit that five plus percent. You know, it's going to slow things down. Good. Those rising interest rates bit, are starting to bite. Yeah, bite. well, if it bites, if it bites, it's going to bite housing prices. Housing prices will get soft. You already start to see in different segments of the market, you know, uh, bigger homes soft. You know, reasonable size homes still pretty strong. But it's 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 been pretty weird in the real estate market lately. And speaking of weird in the real estate market, you sent me a an incredible article on the Chinese residential real estate market. Talk about Big. insane. Big bubble, baby. Big bubble. Well, you know, uh, you know, people have been all nostalgic subprime mortgage crisis and, you know, housing in the United States. Well, these guys are building 20 new million, 20 million new apartment units per year. Yeah. And, you know, I don't think that there's that many people, uh, you know, living in those apartment complexes. Well, there's, there's empty, not. Man. There's not. So... 60% of the 25% of the, I don't know, whatever. Most of there's a lot of it being built for speculative purposes, right? So if you put this into a uh, uh, GDP perspective, 15% of China's GDP, right? Which would be the speculative part of the residential real estate market in China equates to $2 trillion of the $12 trillion of uh, Chinese GDP, which also translates to 3% of global GDP. This is all speculative stuff, man, that they're building. Watch out. If they stop building, what happens to global commodity prices? Talk about risk, baby. Hey, we're already seeing that. When China, you know, uh, has a sneeze, uh, emerging market uh, economies that- Since when were they an emerging market, by the way? No, no. China's the number two- economy in the world. I don't think they're emerging market anymore, but the emerging they market lack transparency is the problem. Big consumer is China. And so if China catches a cold, you know, uh, the emerging markets are going to go into the emergency could, room. Could be a little contagious. Contagion. Yep. Emerging so it's contagion. Yeah, so you know that—that's kind of what uh, you know. It's, it looks like a bubble, man. That's that's surely set to burst. And then you look at some of these other economies that have been supporting China from a raw material or services perspective. They're getting a little bit softer. You look at Europe, all kinds of geopolitical concerns and the economy across, you know, several different uh, you know uh, countries is looking pretty darn weak. You yeah, know? man, you got another got another emerging debt crisis going on with, uh, you know, uh, Italy. Yeah, you know, Italy, Italy's Italy. Pretty- hey, man, Italy's not Greece. Greece is small. You know, it's not even something you worry about as much. You know, but, but Italy's it, a major Italy's, major economy. 
Yeah, and the only the only uh, uh, you know bailout for them is from the ECB, and you know that's going to really kind of choke that uh, you know European community, the banking systems. Man, that's a big deal. Yeah. So anyway, let's turn back to the United States. We're we're in just the beginning innings here of silly season, right? The political heat is ramping up across the country right now. It Do you think this is going to impact markets? Absolutely. I think that, you know, we've got a overhang with terrible tariffs and, you know, concerns about all of this negative, you know, news and positioning, uh, you know, with uh, uh, Democrats against Republicans. Republicans against the Democrats. I mean, oh, boy. It's a mess. They're all, I mean, everybody's poking each other in the eye. The negative tone is just killing me. Yeah. Well, maybe it'll actually kill this market. Who knows? Right. I don't think so. I, th- you, I you know, I still think we're, we're drifting higher, baby markets flying today, you know, yep. and we've got that on top of, you know, more tariff, uh, you know, uh, trouble, you know, 10% on another $200 billion worth of Chinese goods. Yep. I mean, come on, you know, FedEx's chairman came out this morning, tweeted and said that he didn't like tariffs. Come on, get off the tariffs. Yeah, I know. Stock, stocks down 5%. Right. Well, you know, what's also interesting. You, you take a look at some of these other companies and uh, the staples still getting beat up. Like I looked at General Mills today. It's, it happens to be a stock we own, but, um, you know, it beat on uh, on. Uh, I shouldn't say beat. It didn't beat expectations in a, in a couple of different ways. So that's why it got beat up. But I mean, year over yeah, year, got- earnings and revenue are up. Yeah, sales are kind of a problem, you know, for uh U.S. domestic sales, I guess, for uh, General Mills are a little soft. But anyway, you know, I, I mean, we're we're definitely in silly season here from a political perspective. You're thinking markets could go higher here. I think the markets drift higher towards the end of the year. I think that all of the, you know, uh, crisis talk that's out there, you know, Goldman Sachs, Bank of America, Merrill Lynch, you name it. Everybody's coming out saying, oh, my gosh, you know, we're going to be in another crisis situation soon. I think that's, you know, they're talking about soon being uh, sometime in uh, mid-2019, maybe into 2020. We've been talking about that for over a year. Yeah. We thought we were going to get in trouble uh, towards the end of 2019, uh, you know, second half. And uh, But right now, I think the markets, you know, go higher. And if you want to play the markets, the smartest thing I can tell you is you've got to have a plan to, you know, uh, reduce your risk exposure to equities. Reduce your risk exposure to passive. Passive is a tremendous liquidity trap. We've been talking about it for a couple of years. You know, the rush into passive indexes, low cost, et cetera. Looks great in a bull market. It's going to really hurt people in a bear market. And there are so many retiring or in retirement folks out there as a percentage of the population. We just don't want to see them get hurt. You got to have some risk mitigation you got to have a plan. You got to be able to exit the markets and get to cash quick. It's what we believe strongly in at WBI. We've been doing it for a really long time. I think that's the only way you can stay invested in this market. Yeah, well, you know, if you want to see a little bit more about Don's thoughts on active versus passive and whether, you know, the whole story is being told, you know, there, there's a lot of uh, noise about there versus active versus passive. And, you know, a lot of it's kind of one-sided. But anyway, I you think know, the press has Don's- got it wrong. You know, to catch Don's article on Think Tank, catch it on uh, uh, Think 
Think Advisor, Think Tank. What is, what, what is that thing? So anyway, we'll we'll be right back. I'll I'll look it up and and we'll 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 tell you where it is. So uh, we're gonna take a quick break. Here at Bull Bear Radio, there are a few things we love. If you've been listening, you know our obsession with all things coffee. Stay caffeinated with our custom WBI Bull and WBI Bear Blend K-Cups. Just reach out to us on Twitter at Bull Bear Radio, and we'll send your samples today. Yo, so we're back. It's, it's Financial Advisor, Financial Advisor uh, IQ's Think Tank. So catch it there. It's Don Schreiber Jr. His article, Active Versus Passive, it's out there. So uh, if you want to try and find it, you can always check us out on Twitter, WBI President, WBI CEO. We're on the SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play. Say, Alexa, I want some Bull Bear Radio. It'll play it for you. We're everywhere you want to be and then some. So, hey, look, Business Building Corner's back this week, and it's better than ever. Right. We've been talking about the, the 12 mistakes you can make as a business owner. And uh, so far, we, we've gotten through the first seven. So we've got eight, nine, 10, 11, 12 that we're going to hit today here. And this is, a, again, a book that Don Schreiber uh, Jr. here wrote, you know, the, the founder, CEO, guru of WBI about building a world class financial services business. So, Don, you know, uh, mistake number eight. This is an important one, right? Uh, we don't put our business plan in writing. <laughs> Come on. If you're starting a business, you better have a plan, wouldn't you think? Most people don't, man. Most people don't spend the time to write out a business plan. They don't really put you know, their vision for what they want to accomplish uh, down in a written business plan. We think it's so important. You not only have to have a forecast, this is what most people think a business plan is, is just a forecast, but you have to hit the high points, man. You got to have what's your business strategy? What's your value proposition? How are you going to brand the company? How are you going to separate yourself from all the competition? Why should you exist in the marketplace? What is it that you do better than anybody else? When you can decide all of these things and you can put together a business plan that will highlight those things and put it into action in an, in an operating business plan, you, you, you've got a head start on almost all business owners. I think the big reason why most businesses fail, four out of five businesses fail within the first three years, is because people don't take the time to actually put their plan down in writing. What are they going to do? How are they going to do it? So you said this, right? Uh, to totally agree here. Move it along. Uh, there's one thing that you had embedded in there, right? Find what you're out. What's your highest, best use to the business? Hire some very strong people around you to do the things that, you know, uh, allow you to do what you do that adds value to the business, that helps the business to grow. But where you're not a expert, mistake number nine, we fail to clarify who our strategic partners are going to be. Well, you got to have the right strategic partners. So, you know, if you're an advisor, you need the right custodian. You got to have the right uh, uh, broker dealer relationship or a trading firm. You know, a lot of times the custodians don't do a great job uh, trading uh, your trade flow. You know, there's a there's an issue that we we bumped into when we were younger in the business. You know, for small and mid cap stocks, you better have a very good trading partner. At any rate, so you know, every single partner that you have is important. If you have accountants and attorneys, you know, try to lean on them. Try to get 
part of their network uh, referring into your business. You refer to them, they should refer to you. These are important uh, factors. And if your accountant won't do that, get a new accountant. Yep, absolutely. So uh, mistake number 10, we fail to institutionalize our business. All right. So most, most business owners, Sounded you know, pretty provide, Jersey did it. Yeah. Providing, you know, uh, all of the value proposition to the clients, you know, they're the, the financial planner, they're the, you know, the relationship manager, uh, they're running the business, they're making the investment decisions. You know, if that person wants to retire and the, your, your clients know that you're the guy who's, uh, the guru, if you're the guru, you know, and you leave, they're going to be looking for a new guru. They're not going to stick with your firm. Oh, by the if way, they don't, if they don't stick with your firm, if you haven't institutionalized a relationship so that the clients know that the advice and the service and everything else is coming from everyone but you. Yeah. Quote on quote then here. Then they're going to go someplace else. We're, we're page number nine in the book, by the way. For a long time, quote unquote here, I thought it was great when my clients thought I was Mr. Wonderful. End quote. I just would like to say that, you know, uh, you know, Mr. Wonderful from Shark Tank, he stole this from your book, apparently, because this book, <laughs> th this book was copyrighted probably uh, uh, a long, long time ago. And I think he stole it. I think he stole the Mr. Wonderful from you, Don. <laughs> I don't know, man. It doesn't really matter. Anyway, I, I, I always say that this is this is one of the most important you know, factors in the business. You have to create standard operating procedures. You have to, you know, institutionalize every aspect of the business so it's a well-oiled machine and then get people to march to those marching orders. Mistake number 11, we we have no formal cash flow management system. So like you're, so, you're you know, you got your books on the back of the napkin. That doesn't work, right, Tom? <laughs> I'll tell you what, you know, I've asked this question of um, most of the advisors that I've ever, you oh, know, talked wow. to about businesses mm -hmm. and coached. And, you know, you ask them, say, how often do you um, uh, get a financial statement so that you can check what your, uh, you know, your balance sheet looks what are you like, talking your, about? Income, your income statement and your cash flow, man. You got to look at it every single week, every week. I, I mean, most people say I look at it once a month. If you don't know exactly what's going on in your business from a cash flow standpoint, you're going to have the greatest risk of going out of business because cash flow is king in business, baby. Absolutely. Mistake number 12, and possibly for a lot of advisors at this point, they failed to identify this when they started the business. Now they're trying to figure it out. Mistake number 12, we failed to develop an exit strategy. So, you know, when I started building the business, someone asked me, you know, are you, do you want a job? Are you building a high paying sales job compensation type environment or are you building a business? And I said, man, I want to build a business. I want to have a business with some equity value so that, you know, sure, I want a high current income, but I want to build a business that has profitability over and above my uh, compensation. So you got to reinvest in the business. You got to build an infrastructure, which includes staff, technology, you know, that is valuable in producing the results. And, you know, when you do that, you have a company that will have significant value. Um, and I think that, you know, you can decide, do you want to be, you know, the uh, mechanic in the 
auto body shop or do you want to own the auto body shops? Do you want to, you know, franchise your auto body shops? So I think that the difference is, is that to truly build a business, to have the right business vision that has some value, you have to at least leverage, you know, all the technology that's out there, build a uh, good uh, level of staff and build profitability in over and above reasonable compensation for, you know, the rainmaker or the CEO, et cetera. All right. So, hey, that's the business building corner with Don this week. Ton of risk out there. We're in silly season. Markets could go higher before they go lower. Uh, but that, Hey, that's another exciting episode of uh, bull bear radio. We'll be back next week and thank you for listening. This is bull bear radio where each week you can count on our real market news and advice. Catch all of our podcast episodes at WBIinvestments.com. Past performance does not guarantee future results. The views presented are those of the podcast participants and should not be construed as investment advice. Podcast participants or clients of WBI may own stocks discussed in this recording. All economic and performance information is historical and not indicative of future results. This is not an offer to buy or sell any security. No security or strategy, including those referred to directly or indirectly, is suitable for all accounts or profitable all of the time, and there is always the possibility of loss. You should not assume that any discussion or information provided here serves as a substitute for personalized investment advice from WBI or any other investment professional. If you have questions regarding the applicability of specific issues discussed to your individual situation, please consult with WBI or your chosen professional advisor. This information is compiled from sources believed to be reliable. Accuracy cannot be guaranteed. WBI's advisory operations services and fees are in the form ADV available upon request. You are not permitted to publish, transmit, or otherwise reproduce this information in whole or in part in any format to any third party without the express written consent of WBI Investments, Inc.